0: time is time is time is
1: Howdy, I'm your host Terry Thompson and welcome to this podcast episode about sand. Sand is a ubiquitous material that's been used for a variety of purposes throughout human history. From construction to glass making, sand has been an essential ingredient in many of the products we use every day. However, the world is facing a looming scarcity of sand and organized crime syndicates are stealing sand even whole beaches around the world to feed the growing demand so you see it doesn't really do any good to stick your head in the sand about this issue it might not be around much longer Sand is defined as any material made up of grains within a specific size range. Sugar and salt typically qualify. The largest sand dune in the world is located in the Sahara Desert and measures over 500 meters in height. Sand covers approximately 20% of the Earth's land surface. Sand is made up of various minerals including quartz, feldspar, and mica. Sand is gritty to touch and is a naturally occurring granular material composed of finely divided rock and mineral particles. And though it may seem so, not all sand is the same. Oh no, dear listeners, far from it. Well, here you go, case in point.
2: Did you know, not all sand's the same? (laughs) We like river wash sand for our construction projects. That's because it's more angular. Sand that's gone at the waveside, washing back and forth, or in the desert being blown by the wind, that rounds out the grains a lot more than river wash sand. River wash sand angularity of those grains means that when it's used in concrete or in asphalt it makes a stronger product because it uh, has higher frictional resistance and that's why we want to use river wash sand in our construction projects
1: projects all this time i guess i've been mispronouncing i've been calling them projects nevertheless it seems as though we're running out of sand Here's a CNBC report. It explains it all.
3: You may think of sand as part of your beach vacation, but it's used for more than just sand castles. It's a commodity like oil
4: and copper and gold. If you look around you, everything is made of sand.
3: It's a pretty crucial commodity. And even though sand can be found in nearly every single country on earth, we could soon face a sand shortage. Turns out sand is only second to water as the most consumed raw material worldwide. Sand mining is the largest mining industry in the world and yet it flies under the radar, largely unregulated
4: and unknown. All our society is basically built on sand. And how come there's no monitoring on that? And how come people are ready to kill someone else for sand in some region?
3: It's used in construction, like critical infrastructure. And President Biden is diverting a lot of his attention to America's infrastructure. Sand is also used in chemical production, water filtration, fracking, and of course, glass. So all of your windows, computers, and cell phones.
5: You know, it's literally everywhere. We're driving on it, we're sitting in it, we're looking through it. It's absolutely extraordinary. I'm really starting to be concerned about what happens if we don't have this anymore.
3: Sand use around the world has tripled in the last 20 years. That's far greater than the rate that sand
0: is being replenished. One of the biggest sustainability challenges of the 21st century, simply because of the scale of the problem. The more I learned about it, the more alarmed I became. So the world is facing a sand crisis,
3: and that's a problem. I know what you're thinking. Yes, sand is everywhere. How can there be a shortage?
0: Actually, in some places, the world was running out, and it's it's such a hard concept to get your head around because you think of coastlines and expansive deserts and just see so much of it, that to think of it not being there is very, very challenging. It's a classic example of the tragedy of the commons, an economic
3: concept where everyone is incentivized to keep consuming a natural resource, even if it ends in overconsumption and ultimately the total depletion of that resource.
5: So is it a crisis or not? And um, that's one of the hard things with this topic that it, it's a problem that manifests in very different ways in very different places. So I bet you if you were in community where sand mining is going on, like this is not a surprise to you at all. I grew up
0: in Bangalore, in South India. As I grew up, I constantly read reports about rivers being decimated because of sand mining. And at the same time, I saw hundreds and hundreds of sand-filled trucks flying up and down the roads in the city of Bangalore. That was when the city was being transformed to the Silicon Valley of India, basically. Construction boom happening all over, and all that sand was coming from precious places.
3: Construction has caused a steep increase in demand for sand. And a lot of sand is being extracted from oceans and rivers. It's
5: not just shortage in the market, it's shortage in the natural environment that has to be talked about. The concern is that there's literally not enough sand on coastlines in a context of rising sea levels and increased storms.
3: Sand crafted by water is more valuable than desert sand eroded by wind. That makes desert sand too smooth, it doesn't bind together as well as other types of sand. Sand sourced and extracted from seabeds, coastlines, quarries, or rivers is more angular, so it locks together. And that's important because this kind of sand is a key ingredient in cement and concrete. And concrete is made up of 65 to 75% sand and gravel. Then there's glass. Sand, gravel, and rock crushed together are melted down to make the glass used in every window, computer screen, and smartphone.
0: Glass is about 70% silica sand. So there are very specific types of sand that are required for specific uses. And these places are
3: limited. Even the production of silicon computer chips uses sand. But extracting sand can damage the environment.
4: Extractions of marine sand, coastal sand, beach, beach is the worst and rivers is something that is leading to tremendous environmental impact.
3: For oceans, well imagine you scrape sand off the bottom of the ocean. That's going to affect the microorganisms that live in the ocean floor. That's going to affect the fish that eat the microorganisms, and then the fish that eat those fish. Basically, the sand removal affects an entire ecosystem. Sand is the most extracted resource in the world by volume, surpassing even fossil fuels. Actually, even extracting oil and gas uses a lot of sand, like in fracking.
5: And yet, sand has been easy to ignore. Essentially, it's invisible in our minds and in the way that we manage the resource. We don't think about it like a strategic resource, and yet it is everywhere in our societies and our economies.
4: And as a result, we're wasting these resources. And in 2019, we produced this report, which was submitted to the United Nations Environmental Assembly, and it was used for making a new resolution on global mineral governance. And it was adopted by all countries, and it was the first time that countries recognize that we have a problem. We
0: This concept of panicking, it reminds me a little bit of Greta Thunberg talking about I want you to panic.
6: I want you to panic.
0: And she was talking to the World Economic Forum and it didn't quite go that far.
4: Panicking will never be a solution because we will need send forever. It's It's something that we need a lot. So we need to be much wiser on the way we use the resource.
3: Right now, it's not really possible to monitor global sand use. We just don't know
5: enough. We don't have a, a, that global picture or that holistic picture of the extraction sites, uh, the extraction volumes, where it's coming from, where it's going to, how it's being used. But it can be measured indirectly. Construction is the biggest uh, demand
3: sector, we know that. There's a very, very good correlation between the use of sand and cement. The U.N. estimates that 4.1 billion tons of cement is produced every year and it takes roughly 10 tons of sand to create one ton of cement. Do the math and
4: 41 billion tons of sand and gravel.
3: That's enough to build a wall nearly 89 feet high by 89 feet wide that wraps around the planet every year. And that's just sand used in cement production. Demand for cement is driven primarily by China, where construction is booming.
4: In the last two decades, the amount of sand that we've been using has been multiplied by three. More than 55, 58 percent is being used in in China.
3: Part of the problem is some countries don't have regulations in place.
4: And then you have people who take sand from the beach, uh, take sand from anywhere because they have to make their living. If you have a shovel and, a, and access to a truck, then you, you, you make you an entrepreneur. <laughs> you're taking sand and you're selling it. In
3: some parts of the world, there are even sand mafias.
4: There are sand mafia. It is, it is a problem. Uh, that's uh, for sure. And so in some countries where the government's uh, the, the policies do not exist, it's not even illegal to take sand.
3: Plus, the world faces a rapidly growing population. By 2050, the world could reach nearly 10 billion people.
4: Africa is going to see its population doubling from now to 2050. People are shifting from their villages to join the cities that will request more infrastructure in the cities. All of that will request a lot of sand.
3: Sand can't be extracted or sourced sustainably to meet demand from a world of 10 billion people without effective planning and regulation.
4: If you're a local government, you need to have a solid land planning. Identify where the sand and gravel should be extracted.
5: The challenge is understanding where it's okay to take it from and how much. So it's important to plan ahead and to plan, uh, plan alternatives
3: a time for innovations in this area. There's no one-size-fits-all solution for the looming sand crisis.
5: We need many solutions that, you know, will also work together. It's not going to be like one alternative material is going to make the difference. I think it's going to have to be a big group effort, a big push collectively to figure this out.
3: Finding alternatives to sand, including recycled materials, may help.
4: We can recycle concrete so that we're not wasting that by dumping these resources as a waste because it's not a waste, it can be recycled.
0: Current economy is geared towards mining this material at extreme cost to the environment and to society, but that isn't factored in. We kind of build things and then at the end of life we simply toss it in the landfill so it's a very linear economy but changing this to a circular economy can be a significant solution and the circular economy is a way that keeps materials in use for longer
4: we can improve extracting in a better way by doing environmental impact assessment prior to any mine then mining in an appropriate way respecting social and environmental conditions then we can reduce the amount of sand by being much more clever on how we, we use it so that means planning for longer term, in terms of having a building that is knocked down after 20, 30 years, we expand that to 50, 60 years. Sand is a finite
0: resource. Every time we remove sand from the ecosystem, we are taking away critical habitat, we are taking away coastal security, because the sand along the coast acts as a storm buffer. So when we extract sand, it comes at a cost. And this needs to be really, really balanced with the needs of future generations.
1: Imagine this. You're looking forward to a day off. You decide to spend it at the beach. So you pack your stuff up and you head out. You get there. As you arrive, you notice something strange. There is no sand. The beach is gone. Gone, 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 So what happened? Well, I told you that sand was in high demand. And criminal organizations, uh, they figured that out as well. We'll discuss how an entire beach was stolen overnight when I return.
0: I got my toes in the water,
1: ass in the sand. Not a worry in the world, a world of cold beer in my hand. Life is good today us good day
2: So I'm back here in Kentucky at the Wild Turkey Distillery and I want to let you know about something. The folks here and I have created a new small batch bourbon, Wild Turkey Long Branch, refined with Texas mesquite charcoal for smoky sweetness. It is my favorite bourbon on the planet. Wild Turkey Long Branch. Real bourbon. No
1: apologies. Are you feeling sluggish and slow like a turtle in a shell? You don't know have to drag your feet anymore with the help of Token Turtle CBD in Aranda's Pass, Texas. Their store offers a wide range of CBD options, including flour, pre-rolls, edibles, relief rubs, vapes, and more to help you move and groove with ease. And the best part? CBD has been known to help with skin issues, inhibit cancer cell growth, stress, anxiety, PTSD, epilepsy, and even lower your A1C. So say goodbye to sluggishness and hello to a new zest for life. Visit Token Turtles CBD at 361 South Commercial Street, Suite F, or check out their website at shoptokenturtles.com to learn more. You can even give them a call at 361-434-0063 if you just have any questions or just want to chat with the friendly staff. So why not come out of your shell and see what all the fuss is about? Token Turtle CBD is available seven days a week from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. So there's always time to give them a try. Plus who knows, maybe you'll discover your inner zen turtle. Podcast 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 Podcast
5: Podcast. 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 Podcast.
2: full-time freelance journalist which means I'm always hustling for a good story that involves trawling through a lot of obscure and sort of offbeat websites and also a lot of foreign press and one day a few years ago I came across a little news item about the murder of a farmer in India but the motive for this murder just seemed completely bizarre to me it was such a weird and compelling story that I got Wired magazine to send me to India to get to the bottom of it what happened was this Late one morning in July of 2013, three men on a motorcycle pulled up outside the house of a farmer named Paliram Chohan. That's his picture up there. They were all wearing kerchiefs. Two of the men got off the bike. They opened the back door of the house. They slipped into a bedroom on the other side where Paliram was lying on a bed, taking a nap in the middle of the day. Bang, bang, bang. They shot him dead. Paliram's son and his daughter-in-law came running in just in time to see the killers jump back on the bike and take off. Now, even though the killers were wearing masks, the family had no doubt about who they were. And that's because for 10 years, Paliram had been fighting against a gang of criminals in his village that were stealing one of the village's most precious resources, which turns out to be one of the most sought after commodities of the 21st century. Sand. That's right. Pali Ram Chohan was killed over sand. And he wasn't the first or the last. In fact, hundreds of people have been killed over sand in the last several years. So I wanted to find out why in the world did these people care so much about sand? It seems like the most trivial thing in the world. What makes sand so important that it's worth killing for? So my reporting very quickly led me to part of the answer, and it is this. Sand is actually the most important solid substance in the world. It's the literal foundation of modern civilization. And that's because it's what our cities are made out of. Look around you right now, that floor underneath your feet, probably these walls around us and the ceiling overhead, they're made at least partly out of concrete. Just like every modern building that goes up anywhere in the world today from Beijing to Lagos is made out of concrete. Right? Every apartment block, every shopping center, every office tower, concrete. And concrete is nothing but sand and gravel that's been stuck together. All the roads that connect all those buildings, also made out of concrete. Every window in every one of those buildings is also made from sand. Glass is nothing but sand that's been melted down. The silicon chips that power your computers and your cell phones, also made from sand. And it doesn't stop there. Sand is with you in practically every moment of your day. Sand is in paper, it's used to make toothpaste, cosmetics, paint, wine, even the elastic band in your underwear is derived from sand. I just love telling people that they have sand in their underwear. In short, no sand, no modern civilization. And guess what? We are starting to run out. There is so much demand for sand in today's world that we are stripping riverbeds and beaches bare, ripping up farmlands and forests to get at the sand that's underneath it. And people are being imprisoned, tortured, and murdered all over sand.
1: If you remember before the break, uh, I was talking about sand being so desirable, certain sand being so desirable that people were actually stealing beaches, whole beaches. Well, let's go to uh, our resident expert on sand and sandboxes, the eternal child reporter. Take it away, child reporter. When people
2: think of theft, they think of money or jewelry. Well, this changed when a beach was stolen in Jamaica.
1: Yes, a beach. On July 20th, 2008, thieves arrived in the dark of night to a remote beach at Coral Springs, Jamaica, where they excavated and fled with an estimated 500 truckloads of sand from the beach, completely destroying the layout of the beach. This also caused flooding in some parts of the beach. Despite police investigations, nobody was arrested in connection to the case, and it remains a mystery to this day. But I think the worst part of it all is They
0: stole all my beach toys when they did it. This is
2: your child reporter reporting from what was a beach. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating and it gets everywhere.
1: We do have ways of lessening the impact of the sand shortage worldwide. If we would just Well, I'm going to say it, if we would just take our glass and recycle.
6: Nestled in the rolling hills of Palmyra, Nebraska, is Glacial Till Vineyard, where winemaking is in full swing. But once this is bottled up and consumed, what's left ends up in the garbage.
1: If You put a glass bottle into the landfill, it literally takes a million years for that to decompose.
6: And with events here almost every weekend, President Mike Merman said something had to change.
1: We may have boxes of wine bottles overflowing by the side of the building here.
6: Not anymore. Glacial Till just installed its GL Sand Bottle Crusher, making this winery the first place in the Midwest with this technology, turning glass bottles to sand in seconds.
1: The material, the sand that it comes into, you can actually handle. It is safe.
6: And it results in a 90 percent reduction in volume. On any given weekend, the winery will fill both of these dumpsters with glass bottles. With this machine turns into 16 buckets.
2: The
1: actual sand product itself is almost like dust, so I was surprised
2: that it would be that finely pulverized.
6: The sand is practical, too. It can be used on roads, in the vineyard soil, and dozens of other applications.
2: We
1: think it's going to be a a nice addition to what we try to do here and what we try to do for the
5: environment.
6: In Palmyra, Camilla Ortiz, KETV Newswatch 7.
5: The bottle crusher was actually developed in New Zealand to help with beach conservation. The only other places that have the equipment, at least as far as we know, are California and Hawaii.
1: According to the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, approximately 7.6 million tons of municipal solid waste glass ends up in landfills in the United States each year. That's over 5% of everything landfilled. Pitiful. Stupid or something stupid is, stupid does, sir. Spell it out for you. Mankind spends untold hours and huge amounts of money in search of and in the acquisition of a material that's vital in today's world. A material that brings with it increased violence and crime because it is so valuable. Its mining is destroying ecosystems worldwide. And then on the other hand, we trash rather than recycle this same material, only in a different form. Glass. Burying it in landfills, only to be having to be mined another day. Costing more money, etc., you know, etc., cetera, et cetera, ad infinitum. We already have it. Why don't we do something constructive with it? We'll have more info on this subject on our website at earworm.world. That's going to be a link in the description. Don't forget to look us up on Facebook at the ABI 1.0 podcast page. And hey, we now have a 24-7 radio station that's called Cahoots Radio. That's if you can't get enough of this foolishness. There'll be another link in the description. But like I said, this is uh, going to wrap it up for this episode. I'm your host terry thompson this is the abi 1.0 podcast and hey listeners get off your ass recycle that glass that sounds like it'll be a good bumper sticker yeah i'll offer it through the website i'll make it free check us out see ya
4: But to the sweet love you and me
0: and against the door he leans and starts a scene, and his tears fall and burn at garden green.
1: And so, castles made of sand fall in
4: the sea eventually. I remember any who, before he was 10, played war games in the woods with his Indian friends, and he built a dream. That when he grew up he would be a fierce warrior in the G. Many moons passed and more of the dream grew stronger. Till tomorrow he would sing his first war song and fight his first battle. and something went wrong. Surprise attack. Killed him in his sleep that night. And so castles made of sand melts into the sea. Eventually.